Jesus Christ. And I know people are still celebrating this weekend, but I am so grateful, so thankful that you took time to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And uh, thank you, worship team, for leading us. And uh, here we are, we find ourselves exiting the Christmas season. But how many knows that we are to celebrate year-round the birth of our King? Amen. And, uh, but here we are, and uh, that means if we're leaving Christmas season, we're getting ready to bid goodbye to another year and say hello to a new one. And uh, we're optimistic uh, as we go forward uh, concerning this coming year, and we're believing and trusting for great and mighty things. Uh, let me say thank you uh, for another year of just uh, praying for us and supporting us and working with us and alongside us as we have uh, made it through a crazy season, but uh, we're still standing and God is still on the throne and lives are still being transformed and changed. And I, I hope you enjoyed the little video this morning of Brother Derek and uh, his team and what they're doing and what you have helped make possible there and just one of many places that we have we have been involved with throughout this year. Uh, we will be going back into Belize in just a few days, January 10th. Uh, we'll be there for a week and uh, be praying for that. Uh, we will be working and finishing getting things ready for our mobile clinic that we have there. Uh, we'll be meeting with doctors and staff uh, there and getting that up and running. So be praying that the Lord would just grant us the favor that's needed uh, with those in government positions and I believe he's going to do that and is doing that, and we say praise the Lord for that, as well as we'll be doing a conference. Uh, we've got a three-night conference scheduled. We have 150 pastors, and their wives is slotted to be there. So we're going to pour into their lives for three days while we're there. Uh, so we're preparing and making preparations for that. Uh, so, so thank you for letting us uh, be able to do those things, as well as as we serve here. Uh, it also looks like we will be making a return trip to Guatemala. Uh, they wanted us uh, this coming weekend, but not going to be able to make that happen. But looking at possibly February, we'll be back in Guatemala uh, working with uh, some folks there and kind of getting the temperature on the ground. So be praying for that, trying to launch the school there again. Uh, so have a little over 700 kids going. Their school year starts in February, different than ours here in the States. So uh, lots of things going on there. God is on the move in many places. So uh, we're excited about that. And uh, we are just thanking the Lord for his goodness and his grace. Amen. Those of you going to class, feel free to do so at this time. And we're going to get into the word this morning. I see little man's already praising the Lord over there, lifting his hands. So if nobody else is with me, little pistol's with me this morning. So, and... Uh, he had a good Christmas. He was spoiled just a little bit. How's Papaw's boy this morning? How's Papaw's boy this morning? Yeah. Hmm. I remember as a child on a few occasions wanting my dad, and I remember vividly at about five years old wanting my father as he was preaching, and I was not cooperating evidently with my mother. So I don't know if it was out of love or out of frustration, but I remember he picked me up 
And he carried me, and I remember him holding me and him preaching the gospel. And I've never forgot that. So who knows? Pistol may help me preach this morning because uh, I don't want him to ever forget the goodness of God and uh, the grace of God. And uh, we're believing great and mighty things for him and all of, uh, all of that generation. If you have your Bibles this morning, though, I want you to turn with me to the book of First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter number 4. I have read this passage many times and over the many years of preaching and teaching I have never never preached from this passage of scripture but I felt impressed to do so today uh, there's been many books written about this uh, this individual uh, even though we know very little about this individual and uh, we find that uh, uh, we're going to talk to you uh, today, and if I believe that I am going to present to you this morning 33 words that can change your life. How many is willing to pray 33 words and change your life? I believe this with all of my heart. And we're going to look at a man by the name of Jabez, and we're going to talk to you about him a little bit, uh, but we're going to talk about the power of biblical prayer. But let us begin by simply reading uh, two verses that we find in First Chronicles chapter number four. Uh, I, if you're able for reverence of the word, if not able, I totally understand. But I will ask you, a cu our custom is to stand for the reading of the word. And uh, I want to give this to you this morning. First Chronicles chapter four, verse number nine, verse number 10. It says, and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thy hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. I want to read that last line again. And God granted him that which he requested. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for this privilege to stand in your house, in amongst your people, and to decree and declare your word today. And Father, today I pray that over the next few moments that you would anoint this vessel to speak that which you birthed in my spirit in recent days concerning the topic of prayer. And today, Father, I pray that we'd have ears to hear, hearts to receive. Lord, help us position ourselves to be what you've called us to be in this season. And we'll give you the praise and the glory for the increase. In Jesus' name, the church says, amen, amen and amen. I've got all kinds of notes in front of me, and I will try my best to get through them uh, in a timely manner. We see Jabez prayed and God answered. How many knows that's a good thing when we pray and God responds? And he is faithful to respond to all that will call upon his name. But let us look at this individual because to be very honest, we know very little about him. Scripture does not really paint a very clear picture of who this man really is. But there is a few things that we do know. Number one is this, that Jabez was a descendant of Judah. We know that that is his lineage. He is a descendant of Judah. 
We also know this, according to the passage that we read together this morning, that he was an honorable man. Now, how honorable? I'm not real sure because the simple fact it says he was more honorable than his brethren. Now, if you have some brothers like me, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but he says he was more honorable than his brethren. So we know that he was an honorable man. We also know that he was named by his mother. This is a little strange concerning the custom of that time because men normally name the children. And they often, most generally, took the family name. But we find that Jabez's father is not mentioned, but we find that she's the one that named him. We see in other places uh, where women had named their children, but it was never really in a good manner. It was always out of anguish. And the same is no different here. We find that Jabez was called Jabez because, as we read together, his mother was in great pain in the delivery process. And therefore, when you look at the name Jabez, it simply means sorrowful, or also it means this, a sorrow maker. How many is glad you're not named Jabez this morning? You sorrow maker. Yeah. You good for nothing sorrow maker. That's what she was saying. Could you imagine naming your kid that? That's what she did because of the pain that she found herself in. This is not what I'm going to teach on this morning, but let me just insert this. We must be very, very careful that we do not allow the pain that we have in our lives be transferred to the next generation. Because this is exactly what was happening. Now, notice that he was born or birthed through pain and he was labeled as a sorrow maker by his own mother. And as he grew, he was continually identified as a man of pain. If you look at historic study, you will find that when I began to do a little bit of study and trying to figure out all I could about this guy, 80% of the people that talk about Jabez, they will identify him still to this day as a man of pain. And I thought, how powerful a name is. But something somewhere along the way in Jabez's life Something began to touch and tug at his heart, and he began to find himself not satisfied with where he currently was. And he realized that he could not change the things around him in himself. And therefore, we find the prayer, a 33-word prayer that changed his life and also changed his identity. And I want to look at that this morning. We find that these four things that he prayed, let me give them to you again very quickly, is he said this, Oh, that thou would bless me. Then he said that you would enlarge my coast or my territory. And then he said that thy hand might be with me. And then fourthly, he said that thou would keep evil from me and that it may not grieve me or that it would remove this pain from me. Notice 
how God answered this prayer, though. I gave it to you a moment ago, but let me give it to you again. It says, and God granted him that which he requested. This morning, I feel an urgency to call us back to a place of biblical prayer. I'm not saying or accusing anyone of not praying, so please do not read into that this morning. But in recent weeks, we have dealt with restoring health back to the American church and how many knows there needs to be restoration. We are not what we once was in this nation when it comes to the house of God. There is a true church. The remnant of God's people is ready if he was to come today. It is without spot and is without blemish. But the church world in general that we see before our eyes, it is in need of healing and restoration. Men and women today find themselves in very dark places while they sit in the synagogues and the sanctuaries of America. Over the last few weeks, we have warned of the dangers of a defiled house and how it brings judgment to our Jerusalem and our Judea. And I think Wade needed a few Band-Aids after that, is what he told me. We have also dealt with the importance of returning to the Lord's table and how, once again, there's a generation that needs to begin to partake of the bread of life instead of the bread of this world. And then last Sunday morning, we dealt with the impact of our decisions when we find ourselves living in unexpected seasons such as this and how obedience and surrender is vital if we're going to walk and live lives of victory. All of those messages has brought us to where we are this morning, the power of biblical prayer. Scripture makes it very clear the importance of prayer, and I've taught and preached on prayer many times, but just a couple of verses I can give you this morning to show you the importance of prayer. At the very beginning of our time together, we find in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. most of you probably can quote that passage, says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. How many knows prayer has power? That's why Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians five seventeen that we are to pray without ceasing. And that's why he also writes when he's writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2 and 8, he says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. He's simply saying, Timothy, it would be my desire to see men everywhere lift up holy hands without doubt and unbelief and pray a biblical prayer. Why would he say that? Is because he understood the power of prayer. This morning, I want to ask you the question, do you know how powerful prayer really is? Here's what I would say to you. There's some men that I have respect for, and I took a couple of quotes that they had put on paper, and I'd like to share those with you just very quickly. A gentleman by the name of Leonard Ravenhill, a man that was given to much prayer, he said this, I think the ideal Bible class would be one without classrooms. 
Instead of being taught by men, students would assemble to do nothing but pray eight hours a day. The only book in the school would be the Bible, and the only teacher would be Jesus. Students would simply sit at his feet and learn to pray. Gary Hampton, another minister of the gospel, has taught on prayer for many years, a gentleman that I have had the privilege to sit under and, and be taught by a few times in my life. He said this, prayer takes on meaning when we understand the meaning of prayer. Why are we so passive with prayer today? Is it possible we don't understand the meaning or the significance of it? But one of the most powerful things that I've ever heard written concerning prayer was written by B.P. Carroll. The Philistines found out where Samson got his power from and defeated him. Satan has found out our source of power and has defeated us. You see, you can sing and shout and do all types of things, teach and preach, but without prayer, we are a powerless people. This morning, while the world is going crazy, there has to be a man or woman that will begin to pray once again. And not just any type of prayer, but we are to pray in a biblical manner. If God is a God of no respecter of person, if he is a God that does not change, then we can look at the prayer of Jabez and realize that there is a structure and there is a guide in this thing that will move the heart of God. And that's why we have to understand, and I know it's going to be a little more teaching this morning, but please hear me today. All believers everywhere are to pray. Doesn't matter what position or title you may hold. Doesn't matter what career path you may find yourself in. Every one of us needs to be in conversation with our Heavenly Father. Prayer is not talking to God, but prayer is talking with God. There's a difference. And we find that Isaiah 56 and 7 says that prayer is not an option, but that men everywhere are to pray. We find today that Jesus himself prayed. But we understand this. Prayer is a discipline. You have to discipline yourself to pray. There's times that this flesh doesn't want to pray. It, 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 there's time that there's a resistance. There, there's a war between the spirit and the flesh. But hear me today. We have got to pray, but we have to have the right attitude when we pray. And I've taught a lot of this stuff in the past, but let me catch us up to where I want us to be this morning. When you and I begin to find ourselves in a state of prayer, there's a few things that has to always be present. Number one, we are to always pray in faith. You have to always have faith when you're praying. You have to know who God is. You have to believe that God is more than able. And we should always pray without wavering. James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8 makes it very clear that we have to stand steadfast, unmovable uh, in our time of prayer. We also understand that we are to always pray according to God's will. And I've said this for years. God's will is, God's, uh, is in alignment with his word. His word is his will. His will is his word. That way you cannot pray contrary to the word of God. If you want to pray according to the Lord, you're going to have to stay in your Bible because the Bible is a roadmap to success. And if you want to know how to biblically pray, you're going to have to stay, stay, uh, spend some time in the word of God. 
And we find uh, that when you pray according to God's will, you are praying according to his word. We also know this, that you should always come to the Father through the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is our intercessor. He is our way to get to the throne room of God. We find also that when we are praying, you have to make sure that we have an understanding that there is some things that can hinder you in your prayer time. And God makes it very clear in his word that there's some things that cannot be present if you're going to be in fellowship or conversation with him. The one thing that gets many people in trouble is simply this. When they begin to pray, they just start asking for all kinds of things. They just start saying, you cannot ask amiss. Uh, James chapter 4, 1 through 4 makes it very clear. You cannot ask amiss. You have to pray specifically. You have to pray in a focused manner. You also cannot pray having wrong motives, meaning this. Uh, it cannot be a selfish thing, uh, but it has to be in accordance to the will of God. You and I have to realize that if we are uplifted, if we're lifted up in pride, uh, then God will not hear us when we pray. There cannot be pride present in your life uh, if you want God to move on your behalf. That's why you will find uh, that in the prayer of Jabez, you will see it is a prayer of humility. Uh, and you will find that Solomon and many others, when they prayed, they humbled themselves in the presence of God. And it is a humbling thing. For you and I to understand this fact that we have an opportunity to speak with the king of all kings. Uh, listen, that is a humbling thing to realize that he will take time to spend with you and I. But notice with me. Now I understand that any that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But after you have been adopted in, after you have been made a son of God, a daughter of God, uh, if you are willfully walking in a place of iniquity, uh, you are hindering your prayer. God will extend grace and mercy to you, and he will give you time to get it together. Uh, but listen, you and I cannot live in a manner that goes contrary to the word of God five years, ten years, and expect him to still move when we pray. There is still a call for us to be a peculiar people, a set-apart people, a holy people. Uh, that's not legalism. Uh, that's living in accordance to the Word of God. Uh, listen, uh, when somebody is holy, they're walking with power and they're walking with authority. Uh, the reason we're not seeing a lot of happen in a lot of places uh, is because we don't see a lot of holy people. Uh, because we're more involved in the things of the world than the things of God. Not going to preach that this morning, but I could. But also we find this, that one of the greatest travesties uh, when it comes to the prayer life of a man or a woman is that they're living and walking with an unforgiving spirit. Let me insert this this morning. Forgiveness is not for the other person that did you wrong, but forgiveness is to keep you in a place of purity so you're not walking around with a root of bitterness in your heart uh, where you're going to end up in hell. So hear me this morning. If you're walking around because somebody did something to you 15 years ago, I I'm going to bring out Elsa this morning. Let it go. All right? Because here's the deal. 
it's going to destroy you. It's keeping you from the presence of God. And it's keeping you from experiencing the fullness of God and, and the mercy of God and the grace of God. Listen, I don't want to rain on your parade today, but somebody in your life today, at some point in their life in the future, if God gives you 10 years, they're going to do something that's going to hurt your feelings. Uh, they're not going to have your best interest at heart. And you're going to be hurt by it. Uh, and are you going to hold a grudge with them like you have somebody else for the last 15 years? Listen, you got to let it go, not for the other person, uh, but for yourself, because uh, you cannot allow anything to separate you from God. That's not in my notes, but okay, that's for somebody, I guess, this morning. Because hear me, an unforgiving spirit will always birth bitterness. You could not be bitter. And let me say this, holiness is not hardness. Holiness is not bitterness. Laughter does good like a medicine. I could fix some of you and you wouldn't have to go pay Mary $80 for an office call. <laughs> See, it's already working. You're already laughing. Listen, laughter does good like a medicine. You can't be bitter. But another thing that will hinder your prayer is simply this, is heart idleness. You can't have idols. You can't put things before God. Please hear me. She also cannot walk around with doubt. You got to know who he is. Not because mommy said or grandma said, but you got to know who he is for yourself. Can anybody testify that he's good? Not because somebody told you, but because you know. Has he touched anybody? Has he healed anybody? Has he brought joy to anybody? In the midst of your darkness, did he bring life to you? You got to get rid of the doubt. Because how many knows that when you begin to have seeds of doubt, it always gives birth to unbelief. You can't have that. And then here's one more I'm going to give you, then I'm going to get to my message this morning. Is you cannot be involved in wrong relationships and expect prayer to be effective in your life. Now, when I say wrong relationships, that's a whole host of things. That means when you're walking and involved in things that is contrary to the word of God in any level or manner, are you, that's why Paul writes, what fellowship are we supposed to have with the things of the world? Listen, Paul said this way as well. He said, there is things I could do that I choose not to do. What he was simply saying is this. I don't want to have things in my life that's going to distract me and get me sucked into relationships that's going to separate me from God because there's nothing more important than being in complete unison and harmony with him. I want to ask you a question this morning. How much harmony do you and, do you and God have? Are you singing in the same tune? Are you singing the same song? There's many different types of prayer this morning. The prayer of supplication, the prayer of intercession, the praying in the spirit, 
persevering in prayer and the prayer of giving thanks. I would say this as scripture teaches us in the day in which we find ourselves that there is great importance where we should be praying in the spirit as often as we can. You say, I, I don't know, preacher. Listen, there is a man of God that in the last couple of weeks in his prayer time, he began to pray in a language that he had never been taught. As he began to pray, he began to pray in Farsi and a couple other dialects. And as he began to pray, he was smart enough and some of the people around him was smart enough. They grabbed a video uh, recorder, an audio recorder, and they began to pray. As he was praying, they began to record his prayer time because he had never heard him pray in this manner. They knew he was speaking in, in Farsi. And they knew he was speaking, but they did not know how to interpret Farsi. So they actually sent some of these audio files to some friends in Israel and a couple other places. And they said, can you begin to translate what was said? Not give an interpretation, but translate this into our language. And I read this article, and as he was praying in the Spirit, in a language that he had never been taught, never been learned, but he sent it, and they have translated it. And in this prayer, there is a word of warning to protect him from some folks that was around him that is not pure, as well as some things concerning Iran and other parts of the world. Now, people will sometimes take issue with that. But the thing is, the word of the Lord says that the Holy Spirit comes. It's expedient that I go, that he, the Holy Spirit, will come and he'll lead you in all truth. He will show you things that was, but also show you things to come. Can I tell you the power of prayer cannot be overstated this morning because when you begin to pray, and especially when you begin to pray in the Spirit, God can begin to pray through you through the languages that you never knew as well as then a heavenly language, which is something different, but you can begin to be warned and you can know what the enemy may be plotting against you. Can I tell you, I want to know what the enemy thinks he can do. That's why I have to give myself to prayer. Please hear me. And we find that Jabez... I didn't forget where we started, but Jabez finds himself a man of pain. Every time he hears his name, he is reflecting, I'm a man of sorrow. I'm a sorrow maker. My mother has called me this. Everybody's called me this. All my, I'm, I'm from a place of pain, but he realized this. He realized and acknowledged that the God of Israel was his source of all blessing. And he had to pause and he said this, and he prayed this 33-word prayer. And he said, Lord, I'm asking you to be my source. We do not know much other than this, that he asked God for his grace. And no doubt this partly was based on because of who he was and how he was raised and the lineage that he had. But he understood and he knew, obviously, the promise of blessing that was given to Abraham that you read in Genesis 22 and 17. And therefore, obviously he had heard it, he had been taught it in some way, shape, or form, which then prompted him that when he began to pray, the very first thing that he prayed, as he began to pray, he began to pray, and he understood that there was a blessing that was available. Can I say this this morning? In order for you and I to pray in a biblical manner, 
we first must acknowledge God for who he is. He isn't a babe in a manger. He is not a lamb been led to slaughter. But this morning, you have to see him for who he is and where he is. You have to acknowledge that he really truly is the king of kings and Lord of lords. He really is wonderful, counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, everlasting father. He really is the rose of Sharon. Can I, can I tell you this morning, he really is Elohim. He really is Jehovah Jireh. The, he is everything that the word says that he is. But you have to understand as a man of God or a woman of God that wants to be in fellowship with God, you're going to have to understand, first of all, you have to acknowledge that he is who he says he is. A man that was birthed in pain, when he began to pray, he simply says... Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. He understood that there was a blessing that was available. I want to tell somebody this morning, I don't care if you was birthed in pain. I don't say that in an insensitive manner. I don't care if your mama or your daddy and everybody around you named you Jabez and called you a sorrow maker. I don't care. None of that matters. But you will find that when Jabez began to acknowledge who God really was in his life, it surpassed every label that man had ever put on him. I am so tired of labels uh, in our society. Everybody's labeled with this. Uh, listen, we've used every letter of the alphabet, and now we're going to start using it backwards, I think, uh, just so we can label another group of people uh, because uh, everything is labeled. Uh, but can I tell you something that will surpass everything, uh, even the pain that you was birthed out of, uh, you can find yourself in a place uh, where there is a blessing uh, that is available for God's people. Notice Genesis twenty two seventeen 17 says that in blessing, I will bless thee and in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand, which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Can I remind you that you and I are the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, this blessing uh, that was spoken to Abraham uh, was not just for Abraham. It was not just for Isaac, uh, nor was it just for Jacob, uh, and nor is it just for the Jewish people. Uh, but you and I have been grafted in by the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, you and I have been bought with a price, uh, and we belong to another. Uh, we who was separated now, uh, there was a veil that was rent from top to bottom uh, and we now can walk into the presence of Almighty God at any given time uh, when we humbly come before him uh, and boldly come before him. Uh, but listen uh, it says and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed uh, as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess uh, the gate of his enemies. Uh, can you tell me what that means? It means this. Uh, we can lock 
lock up the enemy, our adversary that says, I'm going to come in and out of your life. I'm going to wreak havoc on your life. But as the seed of Abraham, if I am praying a biblical prayer and I simply say this, Lord, bless me. Lord, bless me. He wasn't saying, bless me so I could be blessed. He was saying, Lord, bless me because your word says, because of my lintage, there is a blessing that is available. Because you identify as a son of God, a daughter of God, I don't care how messed up the world is. I don't care what kind of label you have, but you are of the seed of Abraham, and there is still a blessing that is available. And you have the ability to lock up the gates of the enemy. Why are you letting everything come in and out of your life? Get you a spiritual padlock today and said, no longer am I going to allow that to have access into my life. But because of who I am, I am going to lock that thing up and I'm going to walk blessed and highly favored because God says that I can. Well, I'm about to preach this morning. Thought I was going to teach. But listen, we find that he says, Oh, that thou would bless me indeed. Have you ever prayed, Oh, Lord, bless me indeed? Maybe you should. It's a biblical prayer. But but why? How, How do you know it's a biblical? Because it says, And... God granted him that which he requested. A man that was birthed and was identified as a sorrow maker, pain associated with him. Praise, Lord, bless me. God says, all right, I'll bless you. Why do we make this thing so hard? I think somewhere in the good book it says, you have not because... Yes, not. When was the last time you asked the Lord just to bless you? Lord, bless me. Bless me going in. Bless me going out. Bless me in the city. Bless me in the field. I know I'm strange, but it's okay. That's who God made me to be. But I, I, I'm just got a feeling I might become a little stranger because I've done made a decision. As we start in this year, going into the next year, that every day over my life in 2022, I am going to pray this prayer because I am going to bind the gates of the enemy and I'm going to walk blessed. Y'all can get mad if you see me blessed. That's all right. I'll just keep blessing you with my blessing, but I'm going to be blessed. And here's the thing. You can be blessed and I am blessed and you're blessed. But there's more blessing. Hear me. Out of the abundance of his storehouse in heaven. Let me go on this morning. Secondly, we find that in his prayer, he prayed, Lord, expand my coast or expand my territory. How many like to expand I'm not talking about because you ate too much ham and turkey and all that stuff we're not talking about that kind of expanding Lord expand expand my horizon but Lord is 
We, we've gotten so religious in so many things. And we think, oh, and listen, here, I want to correct this, this teaching real quickly that some of you heard in Senator growing up, just like I did at times. Was never taught in my house, but I was in the circle that we was raised in. It was often, often really preached, especially for ministers. He was always taught, if you're going to do something great for God, you've got to take an oath of poverty. Take that and throw it in the trash. Okay? That, that, that's not biblical. You do not have to do that. And there's a lot of people suffered and raised their families in very difficult situations because they thought that's what they had to do to be spiritual. Listen, you do not have to do that. You can walk with blessing. You can walk with favor. And it is okay to ask God to expand your territory. Please hear me. I'm going to ask God, Lord, give me more money in 2022 than you did in 2021. Oh, but money's the root of all evil. No, listen. If you love money, money's just a tool. The more, the more money I have, the more places I can go to share the good news of Jesus. The more things we can do for our community. Listen, it's not about that for me, but it's like this. It's what makes the world go round. So it's not, it, look, expand my territory. Listen, give me a bigger living room. I can host more people. I, I listen, I, I'm, I'm, not lo- I'm not losing it. Isaiah 54, verse number two. The prophet says this. Enlarge. Tell your neighbor, say enlarge. Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitation. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes, for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth and shall not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more, for thy maker is thy husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the horrors, shall he be called the prophet was saying this listen it's not about who you used to be it's not about what you identified with uh, but when Jabez began to pray he was praying in a biblical manner that lines up with the word of God and when he said Lord not only do I want you to bless me but I want you to enlarge my territory the Lord says I can do that because that's in my word some of you please hear me this morning you have been so involved in this circle that you just keep doing the same thing Israel did for year after year. You keep going around the same mountain and God never told you to circle the mountain. God told you to step into the promise. And there's some things that you have not yet tapped into in your life, not just spiritually, but personally. And listen, God wants you to be blessed. So it's not an issue to say, Lord, Bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Y'all missing a good place to shout right there in this teaching. Because listen, you can stay in a thatched roof hut if you want to, spiritually. Or you can step into the finer things that God has in the spirit if you just call out to him. Now, Paul said this to the church at Corinth. He said, you should be teaching You should be developing. You should be on the meat. But yet you're still in need of milk because you choose to settle. Why do you want somebody to spoon feed you 
in the spirit when God says, I'll give you a platter with your own fork and your own knife and you can cut it and chew on it and feed yourself in the manner you want to. Think about it. It's time to enlarge. Listen, you ever fed a baby? Starts out pretty good, right? But guess what? If you don't do it fast enough, he starts whining and crying. Why? Because he wants something that he hasn't got yet because he's waiting on somebody else to give it to him. That's how we do spiritually. We're waiting on the preacher to give it to us next Sunday. We're waiting on the evangelist to come the next Sunday. We're waiting for the next conference. Uh, God says, listen, enlarge your area. Grow up in the things of God. Listen, don't be afraid to ask for something. In recent weeks, I heard the Lord say this. As we had a prayer meeting with, with several people. Me and Dad sat right here and prayed for like 35 people that night. And I began to hear the Lord say, when I left here that night, I heard the Lord say, listen, it's time to not just have faith, but it's time to operate in the gift of faith, and it's time to ask me for big things. It's a time of expanding territory. I'm going to ask for big because I got a big God. Some of you need to know him a little more intimately. Please hear me. I'm hurrying. Then he says, Lord, let your hand be present on me. Think about it. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thy hand might be with me. Oh, I got a lot I could say, but please... Please hear how powerful the hand of God is. In 2 Chronicles chapter number 32, verse number 22, it says, Thus the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of the king of Assyria and from the hand of all others and guided them on every side. You see, when you invite, what he was simply saying is this. He was saying, Lord, I'm asking that you would guide me and strengthen me in my daily life and my daily existence. What he was really requesting was, Lord, I want you to take your hand and I want you to place it on my life and I want you to turn me this way or I want you to turn me this way. But Lord, I don't want to have to figure it out by myself. I want you to guide me. It's a biblical prayer. Lord, every step I take, I want you to be the one guiding me. And do you know when he prayed that prayer, the Lord says he granted his request. So a man that was birthed in pain, a sorrow maker, when he simply prayed these 33 words, all of a sudden something happened. I don't know what it felt like. I wasn't there. I wasn't him. But obviously, something happened. The hand of the Lord came upon him because it says it granted his request. And immediately, the hand of God began to guide Jabez, the sorrow maker, began to turn him and lead him, just like Hezekiah and others in Scripture. I want to ask you this question this morning. Do you feel the hand of God guiding you and directing you? Or are you just trying to figure it out? I do not say this in a judgmental fashion at all, but in the American culture, in the American church, most people of faith, when you talk to them, 
They're just trying to figure it out. And I don't say that judginess because I find myself there quite often. Well, I'm just trying to figure out what your will is. But we don't have to live that way. God began to give me great revelation. And he said, have you really asked me? Have you really prayed for me to guide with my hand? Now, I preached a message not long ago, the power of the right hand. I don't know if you remember that. But you probably could go archive that and listen and understand how powerful the right hand of God is. So when Jabez began to pray, oh, Lord, bless me. Oh, Lord, enlarge my area. And oh, by the way, would you just let your hand always be present with me? Lord says, I'll grant that to you. Think about it. How would your life change if his hand was guiding you in this moment? Think about it. That's why David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Thou art with me. When you got out of bed this morning, he's with you. When you go to bed tonight, he'll be with you. But the question is, are you allowing him to guide you? Most of you probably have a GPS in your car, global positioning system, right? How many times have you looked at it and said, shut up, Lola. Um, don't care if you are recalculating. I'm doing it my way, right? Yeah. We may not use that terminology with him, but are we guilty? I'll move on. You don't like that part. Let me bring you to the final part of this prayer, and I'm closing in just a moment. Oh, that thou would bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thy hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil. Wow. What is he saying? He was saying, Lord, just not guide me, but be my protection, be my stay. And one of the things that we're dealing with right now is a spirit of fear in our nation and around the globe that is causing the hearts of men to fail. And it's because of an evil, demonic plague that evil men in concert with the demonic powers of hell has released upon our nation and the nations of the world. And it's evil. And I'm not going to make light of it. I don't care how much they politicized it and made it a political issue. I'm here to tell you it's real and it's hurting people. Vaccinated and unvaccinated. Don't get caught up in that crazy divisive rhetoric. You do what you need to do in your heart. You do what you feels right for you and your family. Leave it at that. Don't cause division amongst your brothers and sisters. We're not going to have a vaccinated section and an unvaccinated section. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And we got to get back to where we understand that God is able and more than willing to do what needs to be done. But we got to begin to pray a biblical prayer because there's power in biblical prayer. 
And he understood this. Jabez says, I might have been born in pain. I might be labeled as a sorrow maker. But Lord, I know in your word it says that the seed of Abraham can be blessed. I want blessed. In your word it says I can have my area enlarged. I want it enlarged. Uh, He said, Lord, I also know I can ask for you to be the hand that guides me. But he said, also I can ask you to be the protection that I need. So nothing evil will come near me. What does it say? God granted his request. Here's what I want to tell you. You can walk with confidence in knowing that God can keep the enemy at bay from your house and from your family. We live in a fallen world that reigns on the just and the unjust. I get that. But I've got this real clear indication in my spirit and in my life that if I am a follower of Christ and I am laboring and doing all that I know to do and I am doing the work of the Lord, I am not leaving until he's done with me. Now we have to be smart. We have to make proper decision. But can I tell you, there's some things that you can't fight naturally because it's not a natural enemy. It's a spiritual enemy. That's why Paul writes very clearly, we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places, principalities and powers. Listen, we are fighting a spiritual war, and we have to fight it on our knees. And when you begin to pray, listen, and this is not a time to be selfish in our prayer, it's a time to be praying for our nation. We need a Nehemiah to rise up and begin to pray on behalf of its nation. And the nations of the world. But Jabez prays, Lord, that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. What he was saying is this. I don't want to be in a place where pain is identifying me. Listen, we have, we have been to service after service after service. Hug neck after neck after neck. The enemy's doing everything in his power to try to destroy the leadership of the church in this moment with this plague, trying to take men and women of God at a rapid pace. But hear me, the power of biblical prayer drives back the force of darkness because light and darkness can't dwell in the same place. Here's what I want to say to you. Everything that I said brings me to this point. Jabez, he came before the Lord in humility and in faith with the determination he was going to rely upon God. And God granted his request. I don't care how young, how old you are. If you will pray this 33-word prayer, and decree it over your life in humility and in faith, God will grant to you what he did to Jabez. Because he is a God that cannot lie. And he is a God of structure. He's a God of order. He's a God that does not change. And if he moved for Jabez, he is obligated to move for you and I. That's why this 33 words, I want to give it to you one more time. Oh, that thou would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thy hand might be with me 
and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted his request. What does that mean? When God's people begins to pray this prayer, doesn't matter what's going on in the world, something happens in their life. They began to be blessed. They began to walk in increase. They began to be led by the hand of God. And evil begins to be dispelled from them. I think that's a place I want to be. How about you? It's very simple this morning. The question is, will we pray that prayer in faith? As they come to the music this morning, I want to remind you, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 16, says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I do not take the hour in which we live for granted. But I stand here very aware of the reality of the times that we're in. A dear friend of ours, Reverend Bobby Lee, they'll be walking into the funeral parlor this afternoon to say goodbye to their, his wife of 60 years. Sister Barb, faithful. But this vile disease. The same time they're burying him, he's got a son. They had to rush to Indianapolis Hospital last night. Chad is in ICU. Not even going to be at his mama's funeral today and tomorrow because he's lying in critical condition with this pandemic. Hannah is a 12-year-old girl. Hayden, right? Is it? I get it right? Hayden. Okay, I'm sorry. Hayden, 12 years old. Sister's sister's niece flew to Indianapolis last night because she's got COVID lung. Lower part of her lungs is collapsing. She needs a touch from God. We're going to pray over a prayer cloth and send to her today. This is real. It's a real time. It's a real struggle. And it affects us in our daily lives. And I'm not trying to magnify COVID and all of those things, but I'm just telling you it's what we find ourselves in today. You see, when the children of Israel was in Egypt, when the frogs was on the ground, they was talking about frogs. They weren't talking about what happened before. When the water turned to blood, they weren't talking about the frogs. They was talking about the water that was turned to blood. So you got to live in the hour in which you live. And COVID's everywhere. Men don't, women don't know whether to go to work, stay home. They don't know whether to do this or do that. And all these things. And you hear all of these intellectual minds, I'll put that in quotations, telling you all types of things. I don't come with the wisdom of men today. Because there's a lot of men that have a whole lot more wisdom. But what I come to you with today is a 33-word prayer that changed a man's life forever and that will change your life 
if you'll humble yourself and if you'll pray it in faith. That means this. When you call on the name of the Lord in faith believing, he says that you will have what you ask for when it's biblically aligned with his word. And Jabez was not asking for fairy dust or something bizarre. He said, Lord, I'm just asking that you would bless me indeed. And I'm just asking that you would enlarge my territory. I don't want to be identified as I am right now. And Lord, I'm, I, I'm asking you, I'm asking you to let your hand guide me. And Lord, I'm asking that you would not let any evil come near me. The evil stayed. The hand guided. The stakes was enlarged. All because he acknowledged who God really was. So he walked with the blessings. He walked a blessed life. I come to tell you in the midst of all of the uncertainty, if you ever hear anything this preacher says, hear this preacher this morning, in the year 2021 going into 2022, you can be blessed. You can have enlargement. You can have the hand of God leading and guiding you. And you can walk without fear because he can protect you from all evil. That's why the psalmist wrote Psalms 91. Let nothing come nigh my dwelling. He understood who God really was. As we stand all over the house this morning, I'm going to ask you to pull that verse up one more time, Landon, if you would. Second, uh, First Chronicles chapter number 4. We're going to pray in a moment. But I want us to... If in faith, if you believe this this morning, if you'll acknowledge God for who he is, I want us to pray this prayer together. I've read it. I've said it. For the first time, we're going to pray it together. First Chronicles chapter number 4, verse number 10. Get me to verse number 10. And let's read this together. We'll skip the first part there. Jezebel's called the God of Israel, saying, this is what he said. Say it with me. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, and that thy hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. Think about it. God granted him that which he requested. I feel like God wants to grant some things to you this morning. You may have been praying for something. I don't need to know what it is. You may be needing something to move and change in your life. I don't need to know what it is. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you if this message has pricked your heart in any way, shape, or form. You don't have to pray it word for word. But I am going to print them off, and I'll have some laying on the visitor center, the welcome center, uh, next Sunday, maybe Friday. 
I'm going to encourage you to take them home, put them on your refrigerator, put them on your door, put them on your mirror, wherever, whatever. But I want you to pray this every day. But in your own words today, you can come stand, kneel, however. But I want you to pray this prayer and say, God, I'm going to trust you. And as we close out this year, I'm going to make this a decree over my life every day. And as we transition, I really feel like God is calling us. Every year we go into a time of prayer and fasting. Usually we start on January 10th or 11th and go to the end of the month, do a 21-day fast. We have done longer. But beginning on day one of 2022, I'm going to ask you to consider. You pray about it, see what the Lord tells you, how he deals with your heart. But I'm going to give you an invitation to join me the first 21 days of 2022. It's going to be a time of intense prayer and fasting for me personally. I'm going to spend time with the Lord. But I'm going to start every day praying the prayer of Jabez over my life and over this ministry and over your families. And I want you to feel however the Lord leads you. We may go longer. We're going to start 21 days of time of prayer and fasting, January the 1st. So you can eat whatever you want till midnight. But if you're on, as I say every time, we get ready to go into a time of prayer and fasting. I'll be talking about it this week. But if you're on medicine and those types of things, please consult your physician. Do the smart thing. Do the right thing. Listen. God prompts you, you do whatever God puts on your heart to do. I'm not mandating anybody to do something specific. But I'm, I'm calling us to a place of prayer because we are in a time where we need to see God drastically move on behalf of his people. And he's desiring to, but we have to position ourselves correctly. And we got to pray biblically. We find Jabez prayed biblically. Another man that prayed, and I'm not going to talk to it about you. You can read 1 Kings chapter number 3 this week. 1 Kings chapter number 3, you'll see that it was a man by the name of Solomon. He prayed in a biblical fashion. He didn't pray for material gain, but he prayed for the will of God and the direction of God in his life. And look what God did on his behalf. It's encouraging when you pray biblically. So I'm calling you this morning. So we just, before we leave today, I know it's a little different today. But will you tap in to the power of biblical prayer? You may have a need. You may have circumstances that seems dark and overwhelming. Please hear me. God is bigger. God is able. This is spiritual warfare. We can try to label it whatever. I tell you, the enemy is on, on the parole to try to bring devastation and doubt and fear. But we raise the standard against him in the name of the Lord. And we decree and declare life and liberty. Amen because we're serving a good, good father today. Won't you come?
as they minister in song. Won't you come? Let us pray. Oh, that thou would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thy hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil and it may not grieve me. God bless you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless your name. Make me a house. Make me a, a house, house of prayer. A house of prayer. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. the women of God today. Bless the men of God today.
stretch your hands this way as we have anointed this cloth and we're going to send Sister Andrea they're going to get it to this precious 12 year old girl I am believing for complete restoration to come to her lungs in the name of Jesus I'm going to decree and declare over this child that she is going to be a mighty woman of God. That anything the enemy tries, that evil will not allow to be present. The word of the Lord says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We want this young lady to walk in health and strength and live a vibrant life. And we're going to ask you to stretch your hands this way and we're going to pray together in faith believing while we come humbly, humbly but boldly to the throne of grace this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus we come. And Lord, we're anointing this cloth symbolic according to your word believing and trusting that you are more than able to raise her up from the bed that she's lying in and father today I speak to the dark thing that's tried to attach itself to her life and I command it to be broken in the name of Jesus I speak to lungs to be restored and made whole I pray for every vital organ to be unscathed and unharmed. And I speak that fresh wind would come into those lungs even now. But Father, I pray that when this comes in contact with this child, Lord, that there is a change in the atmosphere and that which is in pain right now will be transformed and changed because Lord, we know it's your desire to bless and increase and to promote. And Lord, today, Father, we're decreeing and decreeing life and wholeness and salvation and freedom over this child from all that ails her. And the church of the living God simply says, amen and amen, amen and amen. Oh, that the Lord would bless you. Oh, that he would enlarge your area. Oh, that his hand would begin to guide you. And that no evil thing would come nigh your dwelling. 
everyone, it's Pastor Jade here. I want to thank you for watching today. I pray that this message spoke directly to you and challenged and transformed your life by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I want to invite you to connect with us on social media and stay up to date with what's happening here at PTC. I pray that you have a great week and a great year in the Lord. We love you.